0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a new episode of the FinTech Hunting Podcast. We have a very special guest for you today and a very timely one. He is an expert in information security and cybersecurity for financial services. He has over 30 years of experience in financial services, insurance, title and escrow, real estate, healthcare, and the defense industries. His key areas of expertise include data protection, risk management, cybersecurity, and technology. We could not be luckier to have him with us today. Please help me welcome Bruce Phillips. He is the SVP and Chief Information Security Officer at WEST. Bruce, welcome to the show.
1: I'm happy to be here, Michael. Thank you for having me. Uh, Well, Bruce,
0: it is great to have you. You have a wealth of knowledge. I rattled off a lot of that experience. Before we get tell our listeners who maybe don't know you, tell them a little bit about your background and kind of how you got into this, specifically in financial services.
1: You know, I'm still trying to figure out how I got into this, this wonderful industry. Um, I, I, years ago, um, I used to do defense contracting and things with nuclear-powered submarines, and somehow or other one day I woke up, And I was in the title business, um, you know, doing uh, application development. Um, And so I said, well, you know, (laughs) how did this happen? And from there, I just sort of gravitated into the security side of it, right? Um, I looked at a lot of things that were going on. It's sort of be my bent, if you want to think about it that way. I, I sort of look at things and say, why are things being broken? Why are things being attacked? Um, I'm a former cold warrior. Um, I don't like people being attacked. I like to do something about it. And it just sort of morphed into what I do today, which effectively is try to protect the consumers and their information as they're going through the process of closing on their probably largest investment, which is their house. Great insights. And so, as we start
0: talking financial services, and I love you, you, are the first person that I have ever had on the show who is in nuclear subs and then jumped to the title industry and now is talking about cybersecurity. So that is a fintech hunting first, and we're very glad to have you. So let's talk about it, Bruce. There, there's a lot going on in the industry, right? What are some of the biggest challenges that lenders are facing, that institutions are facing as it relates to cybersecurity uh, the threats that are taking place out there. Let's kind of start, let's start educating our audience on some of the real things that they need to be concerned about.
1: Well, you know, the one thing that we've all sort of talked about for the last, you know, five or six years now, it's been really prevalent has been wire fraud. Um, and it's been really tough to defend against it um, because it's not a technology attack. Uh, it's really a social engineering attack. That's um, you know, criminals are finding out about a transaction And then they're trying to get you or the buyer or the seller um, to send them money. Uh, Because uh, I used to think, you know, years ago, 15 years ago, when I was in this industry running a security program, I said, man, this job is so easy. Nobody knows what we do. Nobody knows that we have all of this other people's money. And now they know. Um, And, you know, when we started uh, tracking it through the uh, IC3, the Internet Complaint Crime Center, uh, with the FBI in 2014, the losses from wire fraud was a little less than fifty million dollars for the year. Wow. Uh, 2019, uh, it was uh, 1.7 million. 2020, it was 1.9 billion. Wow. And it's going up. All right. Uh, it's in. They're now focusing. They're they're getting greedy. They're now going after bigger targets. Um, You know, at the beginning, they were going after um, $6,000, small change. Um, The average right now is about $160,000. We just had a – I just was working on a case um, two days ago uh, where someone came in to do their closing and thought they had wired their $143,000 to the title company. Uh, No, they actually wired it a week ago to the criminals. Um, That money is now gone. Um, And so that's really what we've been doing for the last few years uh, within this space, uh, within, you know, the real estate transaction realm. Um, It's always been about wire fraud. Now there's been a a big shift that's affecting a lot of people right now. If you haven't heard about what happened at CloudStar uh, a little over a week ago, um, then you should probably look into it. Um, They are a hosting provider for um, title companies for real for, for real estate for lawyers for all kinds of people, and they got hit with a ransomware attack and they've been down now for over a week and no, there's been nothing to indicate when they're coming back. Uh, I will be surprised if they're back this week, and that means all of these companies are scrambling to try and be able to close transactions. Uh, because they can't get to their systems, which are hosted on this, this service. And we're seeing that more and more, and that's called ransomware, right? And ransomware used to be this really simple thing. It was just a drive-by. It was almost like a shotgun. They just threw this out, see who it hit, and they get three to $500 and go on their way. Um, if you heard about what happened at Colonial Pipeline, yep. um, that was, what, $11 million ransom? Um, the average you know is is going into the millions there 's one that 's going on right now in in the UK, in uh, europe that 's a seventy million dollar ransom. Um, what that ransom is going to be for Cloudstar, startup I have no idea um, so now it 's not just this random drive by thing they 're targeting people. They now will get into your system they 'll find out what insurance you have what your limit is. And guess how much they're going to ask for the ransom? Yep. Right at the top of your limit, so they can get it. And they're getting really good at it. Um, and, and that's the that's the scary part. Um, and once it hits, it's not like you can just flip a switch and get back to business, right? You say, "Okay, I'll pay the ransom. I'll pay the seventy million dollars. Um, I'll be back to business, right?" Well, no. You'll be back to business depending on how much data was encrypted, a week or two from now. Um, I read a really interesting stat yesterday morning that uh, 80% of the time when they pay the ransom, they don't get all the data back because there's corrupt data. Um, and so that's really good. And then if you've been a, a, a victim of ransomware and you pay the ransom, you're almost guaranteed that somebody's going to come back and do Target it again, again to you. Um so it's really a scary time to, to, to do things on the internet and uh you know, we gotta rethink one uh, the, the what we're trying to do to protect ourselves, but two,
0: how do we recover? So let's go through that because you bring some incredible insights up. And, and so for people who were not familiar with that ransomware attack, I know you've written a couple of articles, you've been published, you're obviously an industry expert. So let's go through the two. What what can people do to prevent these type of attacks?
1: And then let's talk about what do you do to recover? Um, so to protect, the number one thing, is you need to understand that you are a target. And so if you are in the real estate space, if you didn't think you were a target before, um, look up what's happening to all these people on, on CloudStar, you are now a target. Um, if they didn't realize the, the treasure, Trevor, treasure trove that you present, it's not just the ransom. Because ransomware has changed. It's not I'm going to encrypt your data and not going to give it back to you unless, unless you pay Right Now ransomware is actually a breach. They actually get into your system. They find out what's going on. They will then steal your data, and now they know that you have a whole lot of really valuable data. If you think about it, think of every piece of information you have about a consumer. And if you're in this industry, you have names, social security number, driver's license number, bank accounts, mother's maiden name, you have every piece of information that a criminal would want to steal someone's identity. Each record of that is worth $100 on the black market. So take all of the data you have, multiply it by 100, that's what your value is, even if you don't pay the ransom. Do you think they're not going to come after you anymore? Um, So you need to understand what ransomware is from how do they get it started, and it's generally from a phishing attack. So if you don't know what phishing is, you are behind the eight ball. If you don't know how to recognize what phishing is, you're behind the eight ball. And if you don't know whether or not you should click the link, it's a it's a coin toss of whether or not you're going to be subject to a ransomware attack or not because you don't know. Um, so the number one thing that people need to understand is if you're not training your employees on what ransomware is, what, what wire fraud is, what phishing is and how to detect it and then if you're not using a phishing simulator to actually fish your own employees hey. and see if they fall for the lures that you put out. And if you do, well then you need to train them on what they should have looked at so that they wouldn't they won't fall for that again. Um, and so that's, that's the number one thing that you have to be able to do. Um, then you have to understand that the goal is to take you out of business and make it painful for you to continue. How do I do that? I make it so you cannot access your information. If you don't have all the information you need to close a real estate transaction, you're dead in the water. Right. Um, that's where they want to be. So how do you protect against that? And you say, well, they've gotten it. Well, I have a backup. Is the backup on the same system or same service provider that they have ba- that, that just encrypted? Well, your backup is now encrypted. Right. So you can't do anything with it. Or even if it wasn't encrypted, like the people at CloudStar today, they can't gain access to it to be able to put it someplace else to continue working. So you now have to start thinking about, well, what do I need to do? You need a backup. You need a backup that will be available and then you have to have some other system you can put your operating system on so you can load that data into. Right. Um, and that's really, it's more prevention and then understanding what your limitations are going to be if this happens. Um, and then making the appropriate decision. Um, you know, it's not really magic. It's risk management. And as a business owner, everyone does that, does risk management all the time. They, they they look at the things that can affect their business, whether it be financial climate, whether it be political climate, whether it be you know natural disasters. They look at that, but they ignore that cybercrime can cost you more in a shorter amount of time than just about anything else. Excellent insights, Bruce. And hopefully everyone is listening,
0: taking notes. You've got to be proactive and take action. Bruce, the second point that you mentioned, I want to make sure you cover is okay. Then, how do you recover, right? What are what are the things people really need to do to recover? What else can they do?
1: Part of it's in the prep, but what do you do when it does happen? Well, it, it's all in the prep. That's I, I can't I can't emphasize that any anymore. It's just you have to think about it, and you have to think about if this were to happen to me, what do I need? Right? Uh, what do I need to continue business? What do I need to be able to close the transactions? What do I need to be able to generate revenue? Um, understanding that it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen quickly. My apologies. No problem. Uh, it's not going to happen quickly. Um, it's going to be a long time, uh, days if not weeks, before you get back to a hundred percent. So then you have to figure out how do I get to a place where I can continue. Um, and if, you know, like one of the, I had a conversation um, with a, a title agent um, two days ago uh, asking that exact same question. And I said, you know, well, you know, if you can't get to your data, you're, you're sort of stuck. Um, if you can get to your data, but you can't run your line of business application, you're still stuck. Right. So what if you had a standalone version that you could run on a laptop and you could get the data onto that laptop? It's not going to be as fast. You can't have everyone, you know, accessing it like you can in your five or six offices that you have and your your 10 employees per office, but you have one person that can go through and generate what you need to do. You're going to be really, really slow, but you're still going to be, you know, productive and be making money. Running, Yes. And that's where you want to be that, that's what you need to take a look at right um, it, it, you're getting back to 100 percent is a long time uh, in a ransomware attack simply because even if you pay the ransom, there's the capab- there, there's the possibility that not all of your not all the data blocks that were encrypted will come back unencrypted. Um, remember these guys aren't really worried about quality assurance when they build a product to encrypt your data. They just want to make sure that you can't get to it. If it works, it's okay. If it doesn't work, well, yeah, sorry, my bad. Uh, they're criminals. That's not, their, that's not their job. So they haven't tested these things. So they give you this tool to decrypt it. It may or may not work. You don't know. Um, so it's all about the preparation. It's all about understanding what the impact would be and then figuring out a way to recover from that and reduce that dwell time between I can do nothing to I can do something Um, because as long as you can't do anything, you're losing money. Um, And that's really the the best advice I can, not knowing your business, not knowing your capabilities, I can't tell you that, but I can tell you you need to think this stuff through Um, because it's now not a question of if they will try to do this to you, they're going to try it to you period. How do you respond? How can you recover? What's the effect on you? That's up to you. That's not up to them.
0: Bruce, where do people go to get more information? If people like you mentioned are behind on what do I need to do with phishing attacks? If people are behind from, wow, I didn't know all of this on the ransomware. And now that you bring it up, man, all of my data, it's really ripe for the picking. Where do they go to get insights like the ones you just shared?
1: Uh, You know, there's a couple of places that you can go to. Um, You know, if you're really technical, you can go to CISA, CISA, uh, which is the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency uh, in the government. Um, That's one place you can go. Um, They got a lot of really good information. If you have somebody that's technical uh, and they can understand it, then that's helpful. Um, A shameless plug I run a product called West Protect. Um, you can go to WestProtect.com. We have all kinds of information um, that you know. You can it's free. Go get it, read it, uh, understand it. Uh, I have a blog up there. You can go you know read my ramblings uh, on different subjects. Um, and so those are, there's a couple of places that you can go. Um, you know if you have an internet service provider, ask them what they know about it, um, and then you know take it with a grain of salt, right? Um, because most of the time, they may not have a security person like me on staff um, that can, you know, that can talk you through this stuff. Um, we're getting ready to release a product at WestProtect.com, which is going to be a, a sort of a quick start risk assessment, um, where you know it's you know it, it will help you at least understand how much you don't know or how or, or how good how, how well you're already prepared. And then we can start working with you from there on. Um, but it's something you need to think about. It's it's just it's a business risk that we need to ac- uh, accept the fact that it's a business risk. It's not magic. Um, it's it's not some you know some oracle sitting on the top of a hill that has a beard, no hair, um, that's spouting this this wonderful stuff. It's just another business risk that, that, as a business owner, you need to understand and plan for because it's probably going to happen. What a wealth of insights, Bruce.
0: I can sit and listen to you sharing all of these insights. If somebody wanted to get a hold of you and have a more in-depth discussion, find out about some of those wonderful products that you
1: mentioned, what is the best way for them to get a hold of you? Um, Probably the best way is uh, info at westprotect.com or just go to the website, Um, and that's the quickest way to get a hold of me. Uh, or a member of my staff, and, you know, you'll get a response. We can talk to you. We can reach out, um, and we can start the discussion. And, you know, education is the key. Uh, That's where we got to start everywhere. Um, If, you know, it's almost like a a 12-step program, uh, you know, acknowledging that you have a problem is number one, Um, and then we can start from there. Perfect. Bruce, I can't thank you enough.
0: I know our listeners are going to go and listen to it. You have such timely insights, and I think the awareness that you bring, we want to make sure we're sharing with all of our listeners because these are critical business decisions that have to be made. And if they're going to be made, let's make them the right way so that they can make informed decisions and really protect what they need to. Thank you so much for being a guest on this week's edition of the FinTech Hunting Podcast.
1: I appreciate it, Michael. Thank you.